Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Nest Realty and Realtor Janet Oppenheimer. A senior resource specialist, Janet serves the Asheville, North Carolina area. Visit nestrealty.com and look for your trusted mountain community advisor, Janet Oppenheimer. And by Asheville Farms. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, Amazon, and iTunes. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news and helpful tips and links to stories from people who discover how diversity and the beauty of people across the world helps them find meaning and purpose in their lives. My guest today is Namrata Patel. She's the author of The Candid Life of Mina Dave. And she is an Indian American writer living in Boston, living a life of travel and writing for most of her life. And it is so great to have you here on Speaking of Travel. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I love the concept of your show. Well, thank you. People love travel stories and how travel transforms and changes our world. And you've been traveling for a long time. Give us a little backstory on on kind of how your life has taken these turns to lead you where you are today in Boston. Yeah, you know, um, I my first plane trip was when I was eight years old. And uh, we my family and I immigrated to the US from India. So it was a long flight. I don't remember much because again, I was eight years old, but I do remember once we landed, the world was completely different than what I'd known, right? So I knew what India was up until that point. And here I am sitting on my dad's lap 
probably breaking a few drive driving rules, but sitting on my dad's lap. And all I remember is seeing the big bridges of JFK, like Verrazano Bridge and seeing the red lights going in one direction and the white lights going in the other from traffic. And it just, I, I don't know, something just clicked in me where I was like, I just want to see as much of the world as possible because it's so different everywhere. It wasn't until college that I got to, you know, I took little trips here and there around the US um, and Mexico, but it wasn't until college that I got to go to Europe and I did study abroad. And on the way back, I made a little commitment to myself that at least once a year, I would get a stamp in my passport. And I was, I had a serious streak going until 2019. And then the world stopped. And unfortunately, my streak stopped as well. It has an asterisk and it will pick up again, (laughs) hopefully soon, meaning international travel. I've been fortunate to be able to do some domestic, but it's just been something that I want to do as much as possible while I'm on this planet and um, see how different ways people live and the different lives people build for themselves and how our world changes from place to place. Absolutely. And certainly being born and raised in a different country and then coming to a new a new place with new tastes and sounds and just experiences especially being 8 years old mm-hmm. would open up a lot and give me an idea on how the writing started happening were you a journal keeper did you have a diary what was it like for you no and no. <laughs> um, I'm, I live in my head more than on pen and paper. And I think the right the writing when I was younger, you know, I've read a lot, but I never thought I could write because it just felt like it was for other people. And I was in my study abroad program in London where I we had an assignment about writing just like a an observational piece or something. And all of the stories that used to live in my head, I just decided to put them on paper and everything I saw became a character and it became this this rich story. And I was like, wait, maybe I can write too. And I think it was the combination of, I had all these stories I wanted to share and the actual belief that I could do it just from that one exercise and then taking writing classes and learning the craft. But, but uh, it was a it was a later journey. I think a lot of writers were like, I was writing stories since I was five. And I'm like, well, I was living stories in my head. But, you know, writing was a task. And I was not about tasks. It was much richer to just have this, these stories live inside my head, and I can just play around with them. Um, And it still speaks to a little bit of my process now when I'm thinking of my next books, I have to sort of ideate the story in some beginning, middle, end form in my head before I even take it to pen to paper. So it's really maybe a transcribing activity that I do. (laughs) Well, with this book, were you, I don't want to say doodling, but just kind of playing around with this character, Mina Dave, and how she could relate to a story of intrigue and little suspense and some other things that maybe just don't come as naturally when you're thinking beginning, middle, and end. Yes. um, I think for about three months, she lived in my head. 
couldn't really get a handle on her. And at first it was like, oh, maybe she's a yoga teacher in Somerville, which is a neighboring town to Boston. You know, as soon as the early 2019, when the pandemic started really closing things down, I think it became more clear. It was like, what if she had been traveling the world and her life just came to a complete stop abruptly? And in this, like, you know, the sort of premise was around, well, what would make someone stop? It was too soon to write about the pandemic. We didn't know. And at that time, we thought we were just going to be stuck in our homes for a couple of weeks, you know? So it sort of turned into this mystery of inheriting a house. And then it turned into something uh, deeper about finding a sense of place. And it was, it was, I think the mulling period allowed me to think about like, how do we create communities in this in this new way of like being confined, you know, and how jarring it could be when all of a sudden you you consider yourself a person of the world and then you're not. You're in this apartment in Boston in a small city in a small building in a small space and you're surrounded by the same people day in and day out. And what would happen? Can you find your place there or you just wait for the world to open up and resolve itself and go back to what it is that you lived. And you made that choice happen as you wrote your story. So when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about this character development and how perhaps she relates a little bit to you and what you were just saying and also being able to think about how we create community and how community has to change and shift and evolve and kind of take us from one place to another. I'm looking forward to coming back and talking more about that. That sounds great. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. My guest today is Namrata Patel. She's the author of The Candid Life of Mina Dave. And we'll be right back. Traveling to new places is good for everybody, but sometimes travel can be challenging. The good news is there are products available that can put your traveling concerns at ease. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Whether you're traveling to points near or far or traveling on a life journey, every transition is an opportunity regardless of your stage of life. If you, a family member, or a loved one is looking to downsize, retire, or buy or sell a home, contact your trusted Mountain Community Advisor, Janet Oppenheimer, from Nest Realty in Asheville. As a senior real estate specialist, Janet will help and guide you through any life transition one step at a time. Contact Janet at nestrealty.com today, helping you find that perfect home to fit your next journey. Nest Realty. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, 
Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And my guest today is Namrata Patel. She's the author of The Candid Life of Mina Dave. And I am really enjoying hearing how this process has unfolded for you. And I'd like to be able to get an idea. You were talking about how you came to develop this character. What what were you seeing in your head as she was coming to life for you? Were you actually like seeing her face and her body? What was going on in your head? Yeah, no, you know, it's funny because I I'm not good with faces. So my characters never really have a face to me. So people are like, Oh, which actress should they should this play? Should it ever get made into a movie or those fun games? And I'm like, I have no idea because I to this day, I can sort of have a sense of her, but I don't have like a real fully formed face on her. I have a sense of her hair because that is a quirk of hers where she's like toying with it as a nervous exercise, right? Or I have a sense of her physique because I need to show how she moves in the story, right? Whether she's spry or when she's like falls at one instance and and hurts her wrist or things like that. What I have are like, what does she do? How does she sort of view her world? Her her inner her inner identity is really clear to me. And then her external world is really clear to me. So as I'm working on the story or as I'm, you know, mulling, (laughs) uh, some people call it procrastination. I call it mulling. I'm thinking more about what would the trauma of losing your parents at 16 feel like as an adult where there's some distance. But um, if you've ever grieved, you know that it's in moments. It's never fully you're never fully over grieving anyone that you really loved or cared about. So a memory can come up, a a scent can take you back there. So you sort of had um, these questions that I think about, and then I see how she would sort of answer those questions. And, you know, one of the ways that I, I was like, if she's grieving and because she was so young and she, she maybe had, hadn't really fully made choices as like a well-adjusted adult that she she realized that she'd rather just live out in the world and she'd rather go from place to place and see how others lived because she hadn't figured out how she lives now. She just, she knew how she lived when her parents were alive, right? And she had a great sort of experience in that childhood that she felt almost like that was over and now I just get to, through this lens of a camera, see how other people create communities and families and belonging, but from a detached sense of self, you know? So there was like an intentional choice in having the camera between her and the world because, you know, when you travel, before we had cell phones and when we had to actively have a camera, you picked your moments of where you experienced that place and then where you took a picture to mark that moment, right? And I think sometimes we lose that in the cell phone world because we're like, I do this myself where I'm like, I got to take every single picture and then I'll decide which one to post, right? Or which one to keep. And in that process, you sort of forget to just step back and look at the entire 360 degrees around you because you're focusing on the frame. 
So when I was thinking about her career and when I was thinking about how she moved in the world, I wanted her to have a very finite frame of focus, which was not herself, which was the exterior world, but just in what she saw through her lens, which was an act of choice. And then when she sort of stuck in this house, she she doesn't have the benefit of her camera, right? So she can't make those active choices of what to listen to or what to see versus what to experience versus what she's forced to experience in a sense without giving too much of the story away, right? And once you remove that, what happens? And then how do you reconcile, you know, what your identity is in that space? Because you didn't really have to think much about that when you were busy observing other people's identity. <laughs> so that was a long route way when we started from face, but I really, I don't know, you know, she's, she, she looks like a person. <laughs> and, and she sounds like a person who is very relatable, especially now, as we've all in some way have experienced that over the last couple of years. So I feel that she's almost like a, a symbol for us, a, a poster child for us of being able to create without that bigger lens, our own sense of self, who are we, especially when we were not just figuratively, but literally in our own space, in our own heads, and couldn't I mean, leave. No. And I think that's, that some of the outcomes of that are people changing whole careers, right? People changing partners, people moving cities. And, you know, the it's not necessarily because, oh, I can work remotely, but it is more like we're asking ourselves deeper questions about being here. Does it make me happy? Or am I living a meaningful life? Or am I making the choices that are best for me? And I, we need like, I will never say we needed a pandemic, but what happened was it forced our hand for most of us with privilege of being able to make those choices. A lot of us didn't have the privilege of confinement, right? Essential workers. But those of us that did, it was very, you know, you run out of Netflix to watch after a while and you have to look in the mirror and think about yourself and say, like, am I living the right life? And I think that's why Mina resonates so much with a lot of readers is because she's somehow holding a mirror up to us and saying like, are, are you doing what you want to be doing? And if so, great. And if not, what do you want to be doing? Right. So I didn't mean for it to happen, but I will say like, I'll own the brilliance of it after the fact. <laughs> well, sometimes we're put in these places with no rhyme or reason, but it, it is about the timing and being being able to step in and be available during that time and contribute what has been in your head and been in your heart yeah. at a time when it was really very needed. So how can people get the book and, and find out more and get to know you? Yeah, so The Candid Life of Mina Dave is available anywhere books are are sold. The ebook version is on sale right now, actually, for $1.99 if you if you look around. And then my website is nampatel.com and you can you can also find me on Twitter and Amazon. Uh sorry, Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Nam Patel or Namrata Patel author. So 
you can find me out there. Google knows all now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I love having read the book, experienced it, feel that, like you were saying, creating community, getting to know yourself, looking yourself in the mirror and saying, am I living my best life was really it's so satisfying. And I want to give you a big shout out and a big thank you for for showing all of us too how to have that patience and perseverance that you have to keep going and and make your dream come true. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and you mentioned timing. You know, it took me 20 years to find the right book at the right time. And I can say all it took was a pandemic, right? <laughs> all it took was a time of quiet and yes. your own self-reflection for that to all come through. So, you know, sometimes when we talk about timing, we really don't even know what that means, right? It just it just happens. So thank you so much. And I'm going to look forward to catching up with you again and finding out what's next on your plate. And, you know, who knows, there might be a TV series coming with who knows who playing the lead role. I have no idea about that, but I look forward to speaking with you again. <laughs> I know. I like to dream big, right? You never know. I can <laughs> see it now. the universe is what I say. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Namrata, for being here today on Speaking of Travel. And I want to say, just because summer days are behind us doesn't mean we have to put our suitcases away. In fact, fall brings crisp air and bright colors, and there's actually something magical going on. You can think of endless vistas and plenty of photo ops. Well, coming up next is Jen Brooks of RomanticAsheville.com, and she's going to give us a fall color forecast for the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountain region right here in western North Carolina and how to celebrate one of the most beautiful times to travel. So stay tuned. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle? Adventure is waiting. The choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Well, I don't know about you, but I can smell the change of seasons. And with fall coming, the scent can sometimes make me feel a little emotional because it kind of feels a little magical. I know it means winter is just around the corner, but I am going to savor autumn. I think of it as a time of transition and the beginning of something new. This is a wonderful time to get yourself outside and explore, and there's no better time to visit the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Western North Carolina thanks to the surplus of endless vistas, trails for hiking and biking, and those gorgeous colors, not to mention apple donuts and fresh-squeezed cider. 
Joining me is Jen Brooks, the editor and social media manager of RomanticAsheville.com, the most popular online travel guide to the mountains and the foothills surrounding Asheville and Western North Carolina. And Jen, it is always a pleasure when you're here on Speaking of Travel. Hi, Marilyn. I'm equally as excited because I can see fall in the air and smell it and people are having fires. The cooler breezes are coming in at night, which is all looking really good for us as as far as a nice color show this year. Well, you know, that's I'm sure what's on everybody's mind right now is what's happening with this color show. Is it too much rain? Not enough rain? Is it high enough, low enough? What's going on out there with those color predictions? Well, all in all, um, once you consider what it takes, it takes light temperature and moisture um, to produce in the right kind of cocktail to produce the right kind of fall color. So what you're looking for is bright, sunny days, cooler nights, and a moist ground. And so far, so good. We've got the mixes for some good fall color, which we should be able to see as early as next week up at the higher elevations. When we talk about the higher elevations, give us a little idea. Western North Carolina is a pretty big region. What are we talking about up there? Well, what you're going to see is the first spots of color always tend to fall um, on graveyard fields, rough ridge, that area, and that's going to be at the higher elevations right off the parkway. And then you'll see it kind of come down into Grandfather Mountain, Mount Mitchell, and start slowly trickling down the mountain to the lower elevations. Um, And on our guide, we kind of map that out for you so you know what to expect. And of course, during our fall color reporting, We will give you live coverage and we will also let you know what's coming. You know, I have been associated with RomanticAsheville.com for a long time, actually since the beginning. And I have to say that your uh, social media and your the information that you're putting out there today is so progressive, I think is the word. It's like Mm -hmm. you're really current. You've got what you're saying, live reporting. I mean, there's a lot going on. I always wonder, how do you get it all done in such a large capacity like that? Well, it takes a lot of updating. Um, The good thing is Mother Nature does follow somewhat of a pattern in terms of uh, knowing what to expect when, of course, you have to be kind of at a moment's notice and pay attention. Um, But all in all, we have a great team that uh, we all kind of focus on the things we need to focus on to bring um, the variety of information that we do for folks. And um, fall color, of course, is one of the most exciting times here. So it takes a village as far as the Romantic Asheville team to kind of pull it all together, but we do a good job of it, I think. Absolutely. You do a great job. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do. I know we, I mean, the fall season and even leading up to the winter season, there's just, it opens up so many new things and even things that we've done before, but maybe aren't thinking about doing right now. Give us a little idea on what's some really cool things to get out there and do. Well, the nice thing about early autumn is that you have weather on your side. It's still somewhat warmish, um, but you still have you're you're wearing your little layers (laughs) and your little pumpkin spice lattes. Um, But you're getting out there. um, Rooftop bars are still a really great place if you're looking for a city thing. But the majority of folks are really going to escape into the woods. Um, It's a time when you can still zip line, hike, um, camp. Um, It's one of the better times to do those things because everything is cooled down. Um, You can enjoy it a little more. Some places you can still get in the water. And then you also have like really fun small town festivals like the Woolly Worm Festival in Banner Elk, um, the Leaf Festival in Black Mountain, all of which kind of come to a culmination and 
um, celebrate with a fall theme. It's all about fall with those festivals. And we do have, of course, a, a long list of um, festivals throughout Western North Carolina that are interesting and unique that we give to our readers. Well, it's always it's always good to get a teaser when you come on the show during these season changes, Jen. It's mm-hmm. like you can't give us everything in a segment on speaking of travel, but we can go to your website. Give us a little bit of a a roadmap on that romanticashville.com because we're getting some ideas, want to be able to go in, maybe put together an itinerary. What's the best way to kind of maneuver through that? Well, really, if you just start with a fall color guide, you're gonna that's going to be a hub for you to sort of see, A, the timing, um, and B, a lot of information around the festivals, places to see, top spots to get photographs and, and um, you know, a fall collect- color, the top places. We have um, a trip planner where you can save um, hikes, you can save nearby small towns. So we really craft it so everything kind of branches out from that one page and gives you the best of the highlights of the region in that one area. Um, And like I said, you can always save something just like a Pinterest. Um, You can have a little uh, travel planner save spot for all your fun adventures. I love that. It's like one-stop shopping. And I have to say, really looking at romanticashville.com for me is always, it brings everything to life. Your pictures, your descriptions of things. It really helps to get you excited. And tell us also how people can follow you on some of your other social media platforms. Absolutely. We are um, on Facebook, of course. Um, And we're also on Instagram, romanticashville, one word. Um, And we're also doing something new. We're hosting a lot of different giveaways. We're collaborating with partners. And um, if you go to our website, you'll see a banner and our newest giveaway giveaway will be there. And you can enter to win anything from tickets to, um, you know, a festival or you can win a three night getaway. Um, You can do, um, you know, all kinds of things throughout our partners and activities and whatnot. Um, And then coming down the line, we are going to have a new website that's going to offer a lot of new things and a new look for our readers. Wow, you have a lot of things happening. I'm going to have to keep up here, Jen, with what's going (laughs) on in the region and what's going on at RomanticAsheville.com. And look forward, we didn't really touch too much on the winter, but, you know, let's get into the fall and, and then we can start putting our layers on and, like you said, have another pumpkin latte. So thank (laughs) you again for filling us in on what's going on, keeping us current. I'll look forward to having you back as we get into the, well, we don't want to say colder, but definitely a change of season again. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you, Jen. I want you to know that we are so lucky here in Western North Carolina, not only having RomanticAsheville.com in our back pocket and as a resource for everything that's going on here, but we have an airport that really supports this region. They have a focus on giving back to the local community. And coming up next is Tina Kinsey. She's the Vice President of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. She He's going to fill us in on how the airport is dedicated to community engagement. So stay tuned. Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. 
Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is an 800-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is just around the corner, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures to be found across western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Well, you know, with fall right around the corner, it's definitely time to get signed up for the most unique 5K race in the mountains. This is an opportunity to run alongside airplanes taking off and landing at the Asheville Regional Airport. It's a great opportunity to get some exercise, help the community, and support aviation education. And here to share how the airport gives back in so many ways is Tina Kinsey, Vice President of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, we're getting excited about this 5K. Fill us in. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. You know, I'm, I maybe am a little biased because I am the number one cheerleader for the airport, but I really get to be a cheerleader on October 15th this year. Uh, we open up the airport runway, uh, I'm sorry, the taxiway Bravo. It's right beside our runway. Uh, and we used it for a runway for five years while we were building our new runway. Uh, but anyway, we open that up uh, to a thousand racers and their friends and family who come with them. And the racers get to run a 5K on the airfield. And the coolest thing about it is it's 150 feet to the west of our active runway. So, so we've got commercial jets taking off and landing. We've got corporate jets, uh, general aviation aircraft, and who knows, sometimes military aircraft show up. So um, it's it's a neat perspective. That sounds so cool. And it's for a good cause. So tell us a little bit about that, because that's something that, uh, you know, aviation education, like, what is that? We I don't know that people will even know that we have that going on. Right. So not every um, community has the opportunity for aviation education locally. And we do. And so in Western North Carolina, there's a flight school right on the um, campus of the airport. Um, and they have a partnership with AB Tech and AB Tech um, has an aviation management degree. Um, and so people can go there and learn all facets of aviation. Um, many want to become pilots. Some want to get into airport management, like what I do. Some want to do, you know, aircraft maintenance. There's all kinds of um, different ways you can get into aviation. And that happens right here. And then we have a local organization, the Western North Carolina Pilots Association Educational Foundation, and they actually give out scholarships to local people who want to get into avi aviation education, uh, you know, an aviation program. So we raise money to 
to give to these um, programs so that more people have access and can get into a career in aviation. That's really spectacular. I, I really, I'm just so proud of our region. You know, there's so many things and some of them are like just very quietly going on and people are getting educated, finding their passion, being able to find careers right in their own backyard. And I don't know that recognizing that an airport can be a part of the community. And it's not just the 5K and giving to the to the educational process. Let's talk a little bit about what goes on right there in the community. That is the airport when people come, some of the programs that you have right there. Oh, yeah, sure. So in the airport, we we do try to engage with passengers and with our community. Um, so we've got uh, lots of things. We've got our pause for passengers program. And these are volunteers who come with their pets, their dogs into the terminal. They're trained, you know, to come in and they roam the terminal and just provide lots of uh, smiles to travelers. Uh, you know, you, it's so fun to watch. You can see um, even nervous travelers when they see the little dogs come up, they they relax, they want to pet them, they start to smile, and you can just see stress melt away, which is terrific. So we've got quite a few teams of uh, pause teams who come into the terminal. That's awesome. And then we have an art gallery where we feature art by local artists, and that's fantastic. We have what we call our AVL Welcome Crew, and this is an opportunity for some of our autistic neighbors to come in with their caregivers and provide welcoming smiles and some services for passengers. So that's that's a pretty special program. We do music in the airport also. We have local musicians who come in and entertain. So lots of different things. That's wonderful. It's just so nice to to recognize that an airport where you can traditionally think of flying out flying in, flying out, flying in is actually a part of the community and giving back and making people feel welcome and special. And and there are definitely changes going on. You've got you've got some growth happening and and all of this is just kind of balancing it out. How how's the vibe over there, Tina? Well, uh, you know, we are bursting at the seams. Absolutely. And so we continue to thank our passengers for their patience, for their kindness, for their understanding, and for their excitement about what this means for our region. You know, a busy airport means we have excellent air service. It means we can go anywhere we want to go from right here. Uh, it also means that um, our loved ones can get to us pretty easily as well. Um, tourists can come into the community and they can support our community economically. Um, you know, jobs are created. So the vibe is, yes, we're bursting at the seams, but we continue to just try to talk about what this means from a really positive perspective. And then in the next few years, oh, I just can't wait. I can't wait to talk about what the new terminal is going to look like. And we're almost ready to start really talking about that. 
Tina, I'm so excited, too. I've been waiting. You know, I've lived in Asheville a long time. I remember when the Asheville Regional Airport was just a little tiny terminal, and you could maybe get in and out. I remember thinking, oh, I hope these planes don't have to stay in the lines, because sometimes they'd be like, oh, they were (laughs) big propeller planes. And today we have, what, 25 nonstop flights? Is that where you are right now? We have 25 nonstop destinations, airport destinations, and some of those are served by multiple airlines. Uh, and so we we have, oh gosh, uh, on an average day, about, uh, I would say, 80 flights a day in and out of the airport, commercial flights. That is fabulous. And Tina, how can people get more information, A, to sign up for the 5K? Because I know that it's selling out and people don't want to miss it. So that and then just keeping up with what's going on, finding some some good tips and uh, current information. Sure. Everything can be found on our website at flyavl.com. Very easily right there on the homepage. You can sign up to receive our newsletter. You can reach us on social media, but all those links are right there, including the 5k registration. Well, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to keeping in touch and keeping on top of what's going on so we can let everybody know what's happening. And just, you know, when we talk about the vibe over there, just being able to be in our own place that we are excited about what's happening at the airport, that the growth is beneficial for all of us in the region and all around to get in and out, and that you give back to the community. Those are all so positive. So thank you, Tina, for being on Speaking of Travel. Thank you, Marilyn. Well, thanks to Tina and everybody who was on Speaking of Travel this week. You know, as we enter into that home stretch of summer, I'm already thinking of where I want to go this fall. There's just so much to see and do. It's kind of hard to pin it down. You know, with so many things still lingering from the past couple of years, it's a good idea, whatever you decide to do, to pack your patients. Whether you want to take advantage of some affordable travel costs, wanting to catch a football game, or maybe even take in some Oktoberfest festivities, there are still some things to consider. One, layer up. Make sure you're going to stay warm and toasty wherever you travel. Even those hotter climates can get chilly after the sun goes down. So be prepared and always pack the essentials for any weather. Go outside. Depending on what you decide to do, get out and plan on walking in nature, especially in the forest and the woods. The experience will leave you relaxed and rejuvenated. And don't forget your camera. The fall foliage and endless vistas will bring back happy memories when you look at your photos. So go have fun. Enjoy the season. Have another pumpkin spice latte. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy.